Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. The Enterprising Gen Z podcast is a weekly show where I talk with some of the top entrepreneurs and industry professionals from around the world to inspire and empower you guys, the next generation of young business leaders. The Enterprising Gen Z podcast has been listened to in 48 countries around the world and has been ranked as the seventh best podcast about Gen Z. This is something I'm so proud of, so thank you to everybody who's helped make this happen. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you'll know that every single week we speak to some of the most talented and inspiring entrepreneurs in the world. And of course, this week is no different. On this very special episode, I'm talking to Mariam Gagidze, who's the founder of After 1am. After 1am is a great product for all of you who wear heels on a night out. And when it gets to the end of the night and your feet are hurting, After 1am provides the solution. Essentially, what After 1am provides is lightweight and foldable flats, which fit inside your handbag in a little pouch, so you can wear them on the way home or on the way to the kebab shop when you're finished. If I wore heels on a night out, After 1am flats would be a must-have. Interestingly, Mariam and I actually have pretty similar journeys, we're both at business school at the moment so we discuss the value of business school and whether you should be attending or not and the pros and cons i guess as well we also talk about really interesting things like lead magnets and if you should have it on your page and how she's able to use those lead magnets to generate sales we also talk about e-commerce and the tips and advice to make you guys more successful specifically in e-commerce we also talk a bit about her product roadmap which is looking incredible i really do hope you enjoy this episode if you do please feel free to leave a five star review wherever you're listening from and a written review if you're listening on apple podcasts thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy hey mariam how are you doing i'm very good how are you yeah good thank you it's uh it's an early start this morning well not that early to be honest uh, but i'm still a little tired uh, as we're starting the recording um so i first kind of came across your profile i think uh, one of my connections liked one of your posts on linkedin and i looked into your profile and I thought to myself that you were really interesting and the stuff you were talking about was really fascinating. So I thought it'd be great to kind of have you on the show and chat to you a bit more about what you're doing. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me, honestly. I've enjoyed the conversations on LinkedIn and I'm very happy yeah. doing this. Um, so I thought it would be a good, good opportunity just for you to kind of introduce yourself and say who you are and what you do. Yes. So hi, everyone who's listening. I'm Miriam. I am originally from Georgia, Tbilisi, and I came to London when I was 16. I started uh, from college. Right now, I'm enrolled at Halt International Business School. Well, I'm studying business. I'm a marketing enthusiast, and then I have my own startup. And yeah, I'm very interested in entrepreneurship, and I've been trying to engage youth in entrepreneurship since very young age. So that's one of my passions. But yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Awesome. So um, yeah, we'll definitely, we're going to come on to all of the stuff you're doing. Um, but you mentioned it just then. So at the moment you are at business school um, and it's very rare that I get to speak to an entrepreneur who's doing business school at the time, who's at business school at the time recording. Um, and I'm at a business school as well. So I think, I guess we're kind of going through very similar paths, paths at the moment. Um, I was just wondering, why did you want to do a business degree in the first place? if you're enjoying it, and then also if you'd advise it to other young entrepreneurs who are thinking about university at the moment? That's a great question. Honestly, like, I think everyone has their own path and like there is no right path to do it. You don't have to go to a business school to do business. But then also like my story is a little different. I actually never wanted to go to like specifically a business school. I wanted to do hospitality, which is still like 
sort of um, close to the areas of management that we're learning here. But then I wanted to do hotel management, go to Marbella, just chill, relax, have fun and like do that. And then I realized like I actually want to do something more, like get some insights of not just like not just the hospitality part and management, but all the aspects of the business. Like, how is it really? Like, I realized I didn't want to work at a hotel, but maybe on my own hotel. So I went back to Stabs a little, and then I ended up going to Holt only because my brother went there. And then one thing I realized is it's not a typical university. Like, it's not a formal school. It's appropriate business school, meaning everything we do there, every class, every subject is tailored for you to actually get the experience. And then we have this real life clients and the challenges that we do, but also our uni is big on entrepreneurship. So I would say lots of lots of hot students. Like I don't, I, I can't give you a, a exact percentage, but I would say roughly 70, maybe even 90% of students at Holt have their own business or have an idea of what they want to do as their own startup. And they really, I don't know, they really support you. We have our own Halt Founders Lab and I got the guidance. So that's why I decided to stay in the business school and learn, but also work on my own startup. And then it just all comes together and worked out pretty well for me personally. I actually, it's really interesting. You mentioned the amount of entrepreneurs um, and people who have their own startups at your university. My uh, business school in Paris is pretty similar. There's uh, quite a few people who, we've got some people running NFT labs, um, you know, uh, VC funds. Um, they are running, so one guy's even running a restaurant, um, which is really interesting. Um, but I actually think that exposure to entrepreneurship um, and also as, as an entrepreneur yourself, I think, uh, when I speak to those guys, I bounce ideas off them because I live alone as a solopreneur. So it's very difficult to communicate ideas with other people um, when you're when you're living alone. I was just wondering, in your perspective, what's it like being surrounded by so many other entrepreneurs? Does it kind of help you with what you're doing? Oh, 100%. And like, not just help me, but like my union. Like, I think I, I'm 100% with the same values. Like networking is the most important part when you're starting up a business or like just entering a business world itself and the connections you make and the people you surround yourself with play such an important role. So that's what my uni gives me. Like, I think one of the top reasons to go to a business school, if you're already doing business is to get those connections and talk to those like-minded people and like, boost your energy and insights from them really it's like just this work in progress everyone has like similar goals and very different aspects of life maybe but like the core of it is similar everyone wants to do their business in the end so it's a great place to really make those connections and grow together and then on the advisory front i mean would you advise if you're not a young entrepreneur maybe doing your a levels or your back or like your european equivalent would you advise them to take a similar path like to go to business school oh yeah definitely honestly like it gives you so many opportunities like business school like sometimes the first time actually my brother decided to go to business school my parents were a little bit skeptical they were like well like business school you graduate you don't really have a job in your hand it's not like a degree that gives you a job straight away but then thinking about it like in 2022 and like soon we're entering 2023 like having a business degree and the like knowledge for all areas like including like finance but like marketing management everything really and like also we're big on consulting part so that like it gives you such a pool of opportunities like you can enter any type of industry and any type of job with that knowledge and degree especially making those connections that will help you get there 
Agreed. I completely agree on the connections front as well. Like my university is very big on networking and we have lessons about networking and LinkedIn and things like that. So it's stuff like that that I really think makes a difference with a business school compared to another school. So I think it's very interesting you you mentioned that. So you're running your own startup at the moment. It's called After 1am. Um, I've read into it. It looks fantastic. I'd just love for you to kind of talk about that, what it is, and, and a bit more about After 1am. Um, well, After 1am is my precious baby. But I want to tell you a little bit about how it started really and what it is all about. Like I told you, I came to London when I was 16. And before then, like I didn't really go out that much. Plus, like where I come from, my home country, it's not big on clubbing. And like the way we dress is different. The culture is different. Everything is completely different. And then me, a 16-year-old coming to this big city, and I got into these colleges and unis that were so big on student life. And I started going out. And then I had to wear this beautiful dresses but also heels and that's when I started using heels and that's when I started like actually getting into the situations and like getting exposed to the situations that like we face daily if we're going out as females and then there were so many different aspects of it coming down and then I started enjoying it as well and then there was this one day I was going to this um I think it was a gala it was a university event and the dress code was heels again, which is actually a dress code and 90% of the clubs in London. And then I was like, why can't there be something like something that will just make me feel better? Like I can be comfortable in, and like, I don't have to like just sit down half of the night because I'm pain. I'm in pain from my heels. And like, it wasn't just my problem, but like almost every girl around me shared it. And then after that gala and after all of those complaints, I flew back home in Georgia and then that's where it all started. So basically after 1am, briefly, like I told you the story, but I'll connect back to it. After 1am itself is a brand all about empowering females and creating comfortable parting experiences. And I was thinking as our first launching product, it should be something that every female has experienced. So I went with a pain of wearing high heels. When I went back to Georgia, I was in my old home, my childhood house where I found this old traditional dancing shoes that I had and then I basically took the concept of this traditional dancing shoe recreated it into a more fashionable flat which is fully foldable has zero weight can fit in your small purse and you can just like take it with you while you're going out partying and once your heels start to hurt you can just slip into them fully comfortably no painful hills anymore, no blisters, and just continue your night out, dance all night long, and just forget about all of your problems. So that's how it sort of started. But right now, it is just this one product. We have a lot of different goals. Like, we're all about empowering females and like creating this comfortable experiences for them. So this was our first launching product, which connects back to the essence of the brand and like the idea of it. But I assure you, we have lots of lots of different plans for the future and the future seems bright. I think the I think the concept is really great and I love the idea. Obviously I'm not a heel wearer myself, but I can appreciate, you know, the struggles that some women have when they're going out because heels are so incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um so I wanted we we kind of spoke briefly about your product roadmap before, um, about, you know, things about drink spiking and stuff like that um i thought it'd be interesting to just to chat about that and, and get your perspective there 
Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I would say like with lots of fun comes lots of danger, unfortunately. And then I want after 1am to create this like and build up this strong community of this girls and females starting from London, but like expanding all over the world, really. And like having this community where we can like really support each other, talk about like our problems that are not just clubbing related, but daily life as well. But then coming back to this clubbing scene and you mentioned the spiking and like the safety aspect of it is on our list. Like I want it to be comfort plus safety mix in the future. And then our business model right now, we're an e-commerce store, but then we're going to turn into a subscription business. So then it's going to be like the subscription boxes, which will include like all sorts of things started for, starting from like this anti-spiking caps for the for the cubs also like the alarms safety kits hangover kits um i don't know whatever makes you like i don't want to talk too much about it just yet because it's a work in progress i don't want to share too many details but it's going to be a box full of products that you need to be comfortable and safe on a night out yeah, I mean, I um, I haven't spoken about this really publicly before, but I got, um, it was my birthday, I went out with my friends. I've never, ever paid attention to my drink in my life. You know, as a bloke, I've, I've never really thought about it. And I went out and actually my drink got spikes and it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. Um, and actually, I guess with those subscription boxes, if it's like anti-hangover pills and things to cover your drink, I guess it kind of have a, has a male audience as well. Do you know that's kind of like a... a, a an area you want to target or do you want to stick mainly with women? Um, for now, I'm mainly sticking with females. But then like my next target market, actually, like right now, my like the flats are in smaller sizes. But my goal with the product itself is to size up and then also target the uh, drag queens, which use heels a lot. So then I would go into the LGBTQ plus uh, target market as well, and not just females. But I think males are last on my list. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But yeah, for now, I think I'm going to start with females. And then, so my, my next question is more kind of technical, I think. So um, I had a look at your website um, and it looks fantastic. I really, I had a, I had a good look around. Um, and, and in terms of how you're attracting traffic to your website, I was just wondering about your, your marketing strategy to get more people onto your website to sell your products. I was just interested on in how you're doing that. Yeah, that's all work in progress. Um, it's been a period of testing, a lot of testing. Right now, my main, like, platforms are well i'm using social media mostly and my main platforms are pinterest actually i was surprised by how many people click through the pinterest i it was my first time using pinterest as a like for the business and not for personal use and it suppressed my expectations and then well tiktok and instagram with very relatable content like, like content not just um like not just about the products but also some memes some reels you know like fun videos uh, and yeah, basically that's what I'm doing on socials. I'm also, uh, going for students and like actual live events for unis right now, the Halloween party is coming up, for example. So where I'm setting up like a table at my uni to, uh, not just promote my product and the brand, but also like educate women and females and everyone at uni, how to have the safe experience, safe partying experience on a night out, especially during ha like Halloween, which is a lot of people are going out, so it's going to be less safe, I would say. And then 
Yeah, so mostly through universities and social media. Those are my top two for now. Uh, in regards of the website, you could see like I have some campaigns going on, which is like you and your bestie get a pair for you and your friend and they get some discounts. I'm also doing this like um, Wheel of Fortune, so you can get different prices from there if you leave me your email. <laughs> that sounds funny. But yeah, um, we have lots of different um, campaigns and discounts on our website but also offline and we're also participating in different events for example there is this amazing event coming up from TEDx Hot London shout out to that uh, which is Women Breakthrough so we'll also be sponsoring that event and giving out some gift cards for our store I find that really interesting I want to circle back to when you mentioned Pinterest I've never ever spoken to somebody who's promoting on Pinterest that's really interesting yeah, I never used Pinterest, like, other than just, like, for my own personal use before then. And then I just started, like, I was first posting blogs on Medium before putting it all on the website. And then, like, for every blog, like, I would choose this, um, I don't know, just a cute girly pictures, you know, like, related to our product and the clubbing experience or anything that's like an scene, and then I would just post it there and I would get so many click-throughs through through Pinterest to Medium and I got so many profile views I was surprised like I didn't realize how much power it has and I was putting all of my effort and concentration to LinkedIn sorry not LinkedIn TikTok and Instagram before but then I started using Pinterest and it changed my perspective plus it's so much easier it saves you so much time like you can just re reshare your content like reformat it a little bit and reuse it for Pinterest you don't even have to create something new for it just a nice picture or even a reels could be reshared and it just brings so much more attention and like traffic I also wanted to chat about because you, you mentioned in a couple of questions ago like posting memes and fun stuff I find yeah. that lots of companies they use socials to basically every post is a sales pitch I think that's the wrong way to go about things you want to a provide value so give away information for free but I guess that's more consultancy based businesses um, but for you it could be things like how to stay safe on a night out xyz like as you were saying exactly like these are memes some of them are like some of them are salesy as well but like we, we tried not to post anything salesy. It's more about like uh, user-generated content as well, like girls wearing it on a night out. So we create videos using their content. Or like we posted this Halloween meme. I don't know if you've seen it, but a lot of pages have been posting the spirit Halloween costume. And like you can like so, sort of like Photoshop it and like create your own. And like it has some, sometimes it's a funny caption. Sometimes it has like lots of different costumes. So we created one for this after party flats that keep you comfortable all night long. So that was like our last post for this Halloween. And yeah, like if you look through our social media, you'll see a mix of educational content, but also lots of funny and relatable stuff. And I think that's what works for socials. I've just had a look at your Instagram now, actually, um, and some of the content is genuinely quite funny. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think it's it's a, it's a great strategy to have. Um, and then and I wanted to move on to um, so you mentioned this like this spinning discount wheel. Um, you have to put yeah. your email in, and 
and then you can spin the wheel to get a discount. That's what's called a, a lead magnet. So it allows you essentially to collect an email or some data about somebody, which then you can add to a mailing list and things like that. I was just wondering, kind of, what gave you the idea to create a lead ma- a lead magnet magnet sorry a lead magnet like that, um, and then kind of how that's helping you um, like convert those emails into sales, I guess. So basically, I've told you like this that my main goal, like other than just like having a brand that sells product is to have this like strong community and i think i would start it from having a good email list of girls that are actually interested and like they've already tried the product or are looking into it so then i'm thinking my community building would start from nurturing my email list and like those people that are there until putting them all in the same community group and then I wanted it to be a little bit more fun. And I feel like this wheel is a fun thing to do. Like you just want to spin it and spin it. <laughs> I've been spinning it for, for a week. Like uh, me and my flatmate, we were actually working on that together. We were picking some colors and prizes. And then like, since then we've been like putting some test emails and just spinning it nonstop. It's actually, it has a little bit of aspect of like this, uh, you want to do more of it. And I think it's a fun way to get people's emails without asking for it straightforward. Plus you get a price for it. So it's a win-win situation for both sides. It's really interesting. You mentioned how fun it is. So that's a a perfect example of gamification. And basically through gamifying those lead magnets, you're essentially basically doing a really great job at attracting Gen Z. And I think gamification is one of the best ways to attract a Gen Z audience because we every, anything gamified, um, anything a bit fun really, really attracts us. So that's one of the, I mean, if there's, you know, young entrepreneurs listening to this, one of those takeaways would be use gamification where possible because it really does help attract Gen Z. Another thing I wanted to move to, and again, it's about providing that added value to your customers. And it's a, the blogs on your website. Um, so I think blogs and articles, I do it on my website um, and I, it's becoming very popularized. And I think it helps your brand to become a bit more human and, um, you know, it, hum- it humanifies. That's obviously not a word. I've just made it up. I was just wondering, how, how does how's that affected your business like writing those blogs and writing those articles and things like that. Yeah, no, as you said, it makes it look and like feel more human as well. And like, because again, like again, going back to this community aspect, like it's, we want to talk about everything, like everything and anything, all sorts of like small complications, problems, even like just like good things that we face in life. And that's what blocks are all about. Like you can look through and see they're like, oh, the bathroom secrets or how to style this. And like daily things that we all come across and we can relate and connect back to those experiences and also get some value out of it. So that's the main goal with it. And I think it has helped me humanize my brand more and connect with more females and like, there have been like my blog posts have been turned into my social media posts. And then I've gotten like engagement through it and girls saying, Oh, this is so relatable. Like been there, done that. Like I see myself through this. So I, I love those interactions that like they can actually see themselves in it and they become this after 1am girls. I love that. And then, and then in terms of like the community you've built, um, where do you see it going? Like, what's the plans for the future with this, like, after 1am community? 
Um, I actually, I actually was, I've been thinking about it a lot. And then like, I wanted to start off as an online community, but then I actually want this to be like something like we will be doing our own events. We will be hosting our own meetups and like go offline as well and make those real life connections. And like, you know, we're stronger together and it might sound a little cheesy, but we really are. And like, the more girls that we connect with each other and the more girls that they go out together and stay safe, take care of each other and, you know, make those genuine connections and bond over shared experiences. That's what we want to do. Awesome. Absolutely agree. I, I love that. It's fantastic. So again, I want to move to a slightly different subject again, and it's more about empowering females going out and things like that. And I saw your website. Um, you want people to join your herstory, H-E-R-Story. I quite like that. It's quite funny. Um, in terms of why you want to create this narrative, I was just wondering kind of why that aligns with your, your um, you know, values, personal values, and, and, and why you're doing that in the, in the first place. Yeah, honestly, after 1am for me, like before after 1am, I've worked on so many different ideas. Like I've had thousands of pitch decks created, different like startup ideas, everything. But I always wanted to have a startup and a business that connects two sides of me, which is one is this like more formal, caring person, which is more of a in this professional world. And the other other side of me is this super sociable, like very outgoing, very fun, like sometimes even like this big risk taker, right? And then after 1am for me connects this two sides that I have. And that's why I really wanted to do it. And I connect to the girls that are similar, and they share the same experiences, and like, they can do it, like they can have their things put together, they can be successful, they can reach their goals, but they don't have to sacrifice their uh, social life. So this brand for me is the balance that I have and I want to accomplish that and I connect with the girls and show them that this is possible. So that's how it sort of started and that's where it is going. And you wrote about a similar topic on your LinkedIn about why clubs are approaching, um, like, I don't want to say recruiting females to get into the club, but you know what I mean, like encouraging women to come in because essentially that's why guys go as bad as it is. That's the main reason. I mean, in terms of how clubs can do things better, I was just interested. This isn't so relevant, I guess, to the audience, but I'm just interested on a personal level as well, and I assume some of the listeners will be as well. But but how, how should clubs be doing things differently to attract women in a better way and, and make clubbing safer and, and stuff like that? Yeah, Honestly, I think, uh, okay, that's a great question. And like lately I've been very close to that environment. Like, uh, one of my friends is a promoter in London. So we've been going out a lot with him, but like this time in a different scene, this time I go out with the promoter, which is a whole different experience. And then the promoters are in charge of getting lots of girls, like, in the club and even before club they do like this promo dinners which is basically like taking this girls to the restaurants which is good for the promotion of the restaurant and it's totally free of charge for the girls and at first i was not understanding why would they do it now it all makes sense like we create the atmosphere whatever we i guess but one thing i would say is clubs should invest more in their promoters 
And like one thing I've observed is if the promoter and the person, like there are few few, few promoters in the club during the club sin is taking place, right? So if they are taking care of their guests, the girls that they're taking there, and if they're always attentive and like if they're actually doing their job, then everything can go in a good way, in a right way. But then if they don't take it seriously and they only do it just to get girls there and don't actually fully care about their guests and like they're not really paying too much attention that's where things go wrong so i think one way to deal with this would be like clubs investing in promoters and actually training them like not just hire anyone and everyone but actually train them and like have those people as this like guardian angel sort of you know people that are in charge they they took you there so they're gonna be making sure you have a good smooth experience and try to avoid all the problems that can occur and in terms of the safety aspects of clubbing is that how you'd solve you know the, the issue of women getting spiked and date rape and all that kind of stuff how would you how would you combat that thing is like we can minimize it we can minimize their risks but I don't think we can fully stop it unless clubs take measures in terms of like actually checking a profile of every person that's going in and out. Uh, we go through the ID checks, but I think there should be like a blacklist or something. Let's say we know someone had a bad experience before and like they shouldn't be let in. Um, then for from our side, from what After 1am can do is there are a few things. First is like create products that would minimize this experience for example those like anti-spiking caps or the emergency like uh, bells or we could also do this like um, connect those females and urge them to only go out together and take care of each other and when like the more you are the safer you are as well like numbers do matter when you're going out clubbing so I think everyone should work together to try to solve the problem because it, it is not unavoidable, but it is very hard to fully solve. But if we can stay safe and, and avoid it, we should all try to do it. And then I think I've mentioned uh, to you before we started recording this, but I want to do something like a female certified. So our community would be able to share their experiences of like how was it in different venues, not just clubs, but also like restaurants, pubs, bars, everywhere. And then it would be sort of like we would certify the venues being like this is our like female certified. We approve of this place. We feel safe here. So then maybe once we start doing that, the venues are going to start putting more care and like they're going to try to do better. So they get the approval from us they would want us to certify them they would want us to say we feel safe with them so they would have to raise their standards and they would have to try harder and then i guess in your opinion what can men do um you know guys who go out clubbing maybe with a group of girls what, what can we do to kind of stop this from happening and kind of alleviate the stress of drink spiking and all that kind of stuff unfortunately like girls are target it more but then like as you said like you've had your own personal experience as well like it can be everyone really the only thing that like girls guys everyone can do is like really like look around and like take care of your surroundings like when you're going out like yes you want to have fun but make sure everyone else gets their fun too you know and like if you start actually like concentrating not just on yourself but also like 
if you just take a moment to look around and see the emotions from the people around you having fun and how fulfilling that is, you would want to keep that and you would want to take care of it. So to all the guys, to all the girls, everyone, just look around of your surroundings and make sure everyone enjoys the party and take care. Like, honestly, just take care of each other. And if you see something wrong, like speak up, like take action right away. Don't wait for anyone else to do it. Just do it yourself. And then, I mean, just from what you're saying, I mean, it's, it's clear you're extremely passionate about what you do and, and how helping helping women when they're going out and stuff like that do you see your entrepreneurship as i guess more of a vocation than a career because you're you're really you're doing stuff that you're genuinely passionate about yeah like that's why i feel so happy about after one am like i've mentioned before like i've worked on other projects but it was never this like this sort of like this is me like I am my own target market but it's also based on fully my interests and passions and what I love to do and that's why I feel like this can be it you know it's like this can be it for me and there's so many different things I could do with after 1am so many opportunities to upscale and grow so let's see how it goes honestly but I feel like passion is what's really important when having your own business and I think I have that and I have the love for it now I just really need to put as much work and effort in it as I can and see how things go awesome and in terms of you know what's next for after 1am I was just interested like what's in the short term because I know we've talked we've spoken a little bit about um like your long-term product roadmap and stuff like that but in the short term I mean what's next for you guys in the short term it's basically like getting more more people to try our products and then expanding the after party flats line getting into more colors personalize it more based on like um accessorize and everything and then expand just one product and change the whole business model which is more of a near future near future plan and now finally i want to ask you my, my last question um if you could describe a good or successful entrepreneur in three words what three words would they be and why first word passionate because we've been talking about that i think that's a top word passionate uh, dedicated because if you are not dedicated to do it it's so hard and there's going to be so many small small challenges daily like even those small tasks that you might be so lazy to do so if you don't have that passion and dedication to do it it's going to be thousand times harder and then patience patience as well because it's it's a work in progress always and it's so hard because for me personally, like I always want big results in a short time. And then when working on after 1am, I realized it's small steps at a time, which is tough. So I think patience would be my third word. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. That's all we have time for. Um, if anybody, any of our listeners want to find out more about after 1am or uh, maybe even buy some of your products, where can they go? If anyone wants to know a little bit more about After 1am, what we do and what are our plans for the future, go to www.after1am.co and you'll get all the info there. All of our socials are also after1am.co. So do please check it out and support us. Would really appreciate it. Awesome. As always, I'll pop all those links into the uh, into the show notes in the description. Um, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.
Thank you so much, Sam. It's been a pleasure, honestly. And thank you very much for having me. Absolutely no worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. As a thank you for listening, if you are interested in any of the After 1am products, there'll be a link in the show notes and there's a little discount in there for any listeners as well. If you did enjoy this episode, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from and a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much and I'll see you next week with another episode. Bye for now.